knew we had to show up today, right? We knew we had to show up tonight. I know we've been MIA, we've been missing for a little bit. We've been kind of here and there. All three of us got things going on. But you knew we was going to show up for you guys tonight. Welcome to Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network over at uh, Fans First underscore SN over on Twitter. You can follow them there. Podcast for every team in the NFL and beyond. I'm your host, Osmond Johnson. When we do get together, it's a special occasion because Monty from the Four Man Rush takes on Cody from the Carolina Cat Chronicles each week, debate style, and we get after it. Uh, you guys already know what it is. There's people coming in here already uh, into the uh, into the chat thing here. Looks like uh, Canal's got a six year deal. Like there's still some uh, stuff coming in right now in terms of uh, I think his deal just got finalized or whatnot. So. Uh, shout out to Kieran, who was uh, first on the screen today. Um, Sean Hume in the house. What's up, Sean? What's going on, man? Uh, pound that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching this right now on uh, the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. YouTube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Uh, it's the home of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network where you can catch Embrace Debate. You can catch the Cat Cave uh, you can catch Inside the Vault or the interviews each week with Panther beat writers, podcast creators, and more. Uh, it's it's a spot to go to for Panther content, definitely. So definitely come and check us out. Uh, give us a like and subscribe. Fellas, what's happening, man? I know we've been talking the past couple of weeks, but we haven't been able to be in this environment in a while. What's what's going on? How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I mean, this is the day the Lord has made. I am happy. Uh, I think everybody <laughs> has been uh, overly <laughs> dramatic. Overly critical, just like Panther fans ought to do, throwing temper tantrums and whining and crying, blaming a man for uh, the things that another man has done before. I think it's just wild, man. I'm excited. I'm happy. I think that we're generally moving in the right direction. And uh, it's been a while, but I'm happy to pack up Monty uh, <laughs> here uh, on a what, Thursday night. Uh, yeah, Thursday, yeah. Thursday. And we got, of course, Monty in the house from the four man rush. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? Hey, man, things are going up on a Thursday. I was not expecting to get this news this early. So yep. yeah, I'm, hey, hey, man, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm excited as things, like you said, as the days are going on, or as the day goes on, I'm more. Excited. Yeah, because yeah. there was some of it with the Dave Canales. I, actually, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put him out there. Jonathan Stewart told me yesterday it was gonna be Canales. I don't know why he knew or how he knew, but uh, he texted it to me and Skyler after we were done with believing Panthers. Actually, he might have known a couple of days ago. He just t- he just typed in Canales. Uh, <laughs> we were like, "What?" Stu <laughs> with the inside info. So Stu with the inside info there. Um, let's just get into it, guys. You guys have to know how this works. Uh, it's a bait style format. It's open mailbag every time we're in the house. So if you've got something you want to say, comment. If you got something you want the guys to debate on or or to answer, you can do that from here. Um, <laughs> Uh, Diesel School says, I hear Cody is a gourmet chef and he's about to cook. So let me let him get after it because uh, I got some stuff. I mean, we, we're pretty basic tonight. Uh, starting off, let's start from the beginning of the week. Uh, Assistant General Manager Dan Morgan promoted to General Manager. Good or bad look for the Panthers? Um, I'll, who wants to start off first? Go ahead, go ahead, Monty. B side goes first. This is gonna be the most cordial this, this episode's gonna be, like right now. <laughs> it's gonna go from there. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm indifferent. I, I mean, I'm I'm not really super for it. I'm not really super against it. Uh, I would have liked for us to completely clear house, and I think that's kind of one thing I just I hold against Tepper more than you know Dan Morgan. Uh, I like Dan Morgan. I think he's. I mean, I I think I like the idea of giving him the uh, you know the potential. Well, not potential because he's a GM. I, I love the idea of seeing what he can do as a GM. Uh, do I was he my first choice? No. And again, I would just like clear house. You know, I would have liked to, uh, you know, get all of the stench of uh, David Tepper, Matt Rule, you know, that whole beginning out of here. You know, and I, and I do understand the argument for for keeping Dan Morgan, but um, I mean, again, I'm indifferent. I, I'm more. <laughs> I think I'm more just numb to it all now, so I'm more one to say. I'm more. <laughs> You've been I'm abused more, like all year. He's just like, I, uh, I'm just yeah, dude, I, hey man, I've, I've been through it all. I mean, we we we've been there and back, so I, I don't I think we, I can get any worse, bro. Uh, so, um, but no, I'm just I'm just kind of more like prove it to me now. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm more indifferent than anything. I know Cody loves the pig, so. Yeah, I mean, there you go, Cody. I'm, 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 I'm going to throw you a ball there, Cody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, if you're going to set me up, I love it, man. Look, I think that Dan Morgan, I'll start with him. I like him as a GM hire because it assures one thing. The guy that you have leading the, the team right now as your GM 
you know that he was a part of the process that involved moving up to select your quarterback, Bryce Young. Now you're not going to have to deal with this issue of if you bring a completely different GM and head coach in here that maybe they're trying to move on after a year or two. Right now, you know that these two gentlemen are dedicated to getting the most out of Bryce Young that they can possibly get. Uh, I think that a lot of people blame Dan Morgan for the sins of Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule, to be frank. Uh, I don't think that he was high up enough on the totem pole of decision makers to really be blamed for some of the moves that Panther Nation is really upset at in recent years. Desmond, I made the example on Twitter that it's like, to me, that reminds me of like trying to blame Brandon Bean for all the things that Dave Gettleman did. And yeah. how much we wish that we would have had a Brandon Bean after we fired Dave Gettleman. So yes. <laughs> I think this is a great thing. I love that he's a talent evaluator more than an analytical guy. It means that he knows what he's looking at when he's watching film of these players. And, dude, he has been to a Super Bowl playing with the Carolina Panthers. I love it up and down. Uh, and then moving on to Canales, man. Like I love the head coach. Oh, hold on, before you get okay, yeah, yeah. Let me not get ahead of yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but overall, <laughs> I'm very happy. Right 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 no, you're right, you're right, you're right. But overall, I am very happy with Dan Morgan. I feel like fans were kind of like uh, too critical of this move, almost like almost like they're just trying to complain about something. I think there's a lot of reason to think that this is a good move for the Panthers, man. Well, okay, so for me. I, th- I think a, a, I posted something on Twitter about it where we we as a fan base and I'm including myself in that as well. We are the most knee jerk, emotionally charged fan oh, yeah. base there is. <laughs> There's a reason why we do believe in Panthers on Tuesday. Like we talked about it. <laughs> we're like, well, let's wait a day. Let's sleep a night or two and then do the podcast on what we saw on Sunday. So we're not just emotionally just, you know, uh, reacting to what we just saw, which is typically bad um, with this. I remind as soon as they said, Dan, I thought Dan was in the lead probably about a week ago, just from the reports and hearing that he was in there. And then I started hearing that he was actually in some of these coaches interviews as well. Like some of these yeah. while he's being considered for the GM. And I'm like, that's weird <laughs> that he would right. be in there while he's being considered with these other GMs. So at that point I was like, okay, it's his to lose at this point. And I had to remind myself, Hey, I love Dan Morgan as a person. Uh, one of my favorite Panther players of all time. He still holds those single tackle or single uh, record for most tackles in a Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 38 versus New England. I've seen two different numbers. I've seen 18 and I've seen 25. I don't know which one's the correct one, but I do know he still holds that record. Um, and then I put, I wanted to put down here at the bottom, if you're looking down here, I think a lot of people bought because they didn't know his career and where he's been. He was a scout for the Seahawks starting 2010 when he retired. Uh, from 2011 to 2014, he was the assistant director of personnel for the Seattle Seahawks. He helped build the Legion of Boom that won the Super Bowl in 2013. He was part of that that group that selected those players and drafted them. And if you remember, the Legion of Boom wasn't just a bunch of first-round picks. Like They were deep in the draft picking those dudes. Richard Sherman was a fifth-round draft pick. Cam Chancellor was a third-round draft pick. I think Brandon Browner was a first-rounder, but there wasn't a lot of first-round picks in that Legion of Boom. They just went for a certain type of player and found them throughout the draft. Dan Morgan yeah. was a part of that. So for me, I'm looking at like, okay, what's the number one issue we've had the past five or six years or so finding talent in the bottom part of the draft? Like when Herdy was here, we always know a first round pick. Even Gettleman kind of got it right. But after that, we've just been, we don't know what we have after three plus years of drafting. And that's the thing that scares me the most going forward. Depth is our main issue because of our draft. So with Dan being there, that makes me feel a little bit better. 2015, 2017, director of pro personnel for the Seattle Seahawks. In 2018, he left to go work with Brandon Bean in Buffalo, 2018 to 2020, 2021. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's during a stretch where they drafted who? Josh Allen. 2021, 2023, becomes the assistant general manager of the Carolina Panthers. And 2024 to now, he's the general manager of the Panthers. So he's got a track record where you can go, if you really are worried about him, go back and look at what he's done. He didn't get it just because he was a linebacker for the Panthers. Like, Looking back on it, I think Frank Wright got the job because he was quarterback for the Panthers back in the day. Like, because I don't know what plan he threw with them that wowed them so much, and then for it to turn to what it turned into. Uh, and we'll get to Canales in just a bit. But with Morgan, I, I have seen people worried that he's a quote unquote yes man or whatever to David Tepper. Uh, we do need to stop this narrative that David Tepper is this like Disney villain. Like, because none of us know him. 
we don't know him. None of us have been in the room with him. We don't know his temperament. We don't know how we've just seen literally bits and pieces of this dude. And we've decided to make him out to be this meddlesome meddling owner that uh, gets in the way and he, he short circuits and he, 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 he oversteps and all this stuff. We don't know any of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't know what he's doing. We don't know what yeah. any of them are doing. But, but, yeah. but that's been, you know? but that's kind of being reported. Des. It's kind of been reported multiple times that <sighs> he's a meddling owner. He he does get in the way. He doesn't. I mean, it's it's. Well, I mean, because at one point we were just talking about a couple of weeks ago how this is a toxic environment because of David Temper. Well, so, I, I feel like it was. More well, it's also being reported right now. Yeah. It's been, it's also being reported right now that Canales is still reporting directly to David Temper. Which is so fine. a lot Who of fans are kind of upset that. <laughs> but here's the simple fact of the matter, Desmond. Until we start winning some games, they're gonna think that's old Scrooge McDuck up there, up on yeah. his uh, right. uh, up in his uh, winning top changes four. everything. Yeah, yeah winning changes exactly. Everything. And that's I mean, but that's fair. You gotta win. say that's fair. You know, that's since, fair. since he, I mean, since he's taken over the team, we've done nothing but lose. And in in losing now, historic fashion. So I, I mean, I I think it's kind of fair that a lot of the smoke is directed at David Tepper. I mean, and whether so, some of it's fair, so whether it's not, like, dude, you are the fake. You know, when you bought this team, you were the one saying you want to win Super Bowls and you want to compete. You know, and you want to compete quickly. And we've done the exact opposite. You know, so I and again, and, every report since then says he's been a meddling owner. I, I and, think that's true. But you know what? To 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 kind of speak to your point a little bit, though, Desmond, right? Let's say you're an optimist and Bryce Young turns it around in a year or two. I really do think David Tepper was one of the leading influences on getting Bryce Young to the Carolina Panthers. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. If that's yeah, true, that's so they, if we yeah. end up turning it around, he's going to be given credit for that, too. So winning changes everything. Uh, I think throwing a drink at a Jaguars fan probably didn't help the scenario very much. Uh, but I mean, I, I think he's trying to do everything in his power to help this team win right now. I've heard different conflicting reports on that cut throwing thing where, uh, the person who was throwing Marquise that, Haynes. yeah, Marquise Haynes was, was when he had the concussion on the field, yeah. the guys making fun of him, David Tepper, it was some back and forth. And what you see in the video is the very end of it. Tepper didn't even know he's on the video. My whole point is how many times have we, have we heard David Tepper talk? You can literally Probably. count with two hands, <laughs> like literally, like. And I see people in the, uh, I see people in the comment section uh, saying stuff. And I tell you all the time, look, we ain't the ones. Like, don't come into the comment section saying stuff and then you know, like, slink off or whatever. Because I will call you out. I will pull your your name up on the screen, <laughs> and we will talk about it. Um, just seriously though, he's there's been what six years, right? David Tepper has given us, uh, yeah. I think four press conferences in six years. And usually it's after he's fired a coach so or hired a coach. So we had the one after the draft that was kind of impromptu. And he wasn't even supposed to be in it. He just kind of came out from around the curtain and started talking about Bryce Young and how they got him and all this other stuff. Uh, when they let, I don't even think he spoke when Rivera got let go. I can't remember. When uh, when they let Matt Rule go, when they let Frank Wright go, uh, he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do podcasts. He doesn't do like sit down long form interviews. We don't know this man. That's my point. We All we have to go off of are these little bits and pieces from the press conferences, what people have been writing in articles, and that's it. But we all I'm saying, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying, look, we can't cast him as uh, a Darkwing Duck villain until we know for a fact that he's a Darkwing Duck villain. And if he is, like I said, I don't believe in Panthers. Lean into it. If you're gonna, if you're this dude, if you're this like heel or whatever, be the heel. We'll cheer for you. If if you if you become it, that's fine. Don't deny it if you are. But we all I'm saying right now is we don't know for sure that he's meddling. Because to me, if you own an NFL team and people are telling you you're meddling because you're 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 interested in the team and you want to be involved in decisions, isn't that your right? You're the owner of the team. Like it's your right, but, but <laughs> you know, again, supposed to be I don't I don't I don't mean to like draw this out, but now that you have the rumors or not even rumors, it's confirmed that they still have to report directly to David Tepper. Uh, I think even people in the media are like calling attention to this just because that right. verbiage is so weird. You don't normally hear it like that. Even, and even if it is structured like that, it's not openly structured like that. Well, Most I mean, owners well, because... just have the illusion of a separation of the ownership right. versus the front office and the business aspect. And, and, and Tepper is just so anti that that it's like blatant. It's for everyone to see. 
Right. It was, and, and I think we can take it a step further. It was confirmed that, you know, after every game, Frank Reich had to go meet with Tepper. And at that point, and at that time, everyone was saying, well, that's even odd, you know, because why is he having to meet with, uh, with the owner after it? I, I, don't, I just don't agree, Dez. I, I mean, again, I don't think, yeah, of course we don't, per, making personal tax at him is, is corny. And that's what any coach, player, yeah. owner, what have you, you know, you yeah, know making, that, making, yeah. pers- making a personal tax over, over a sport is corny. So make no mistake about it. I do agree with you there. But I I think that as of right now, David Tepper has to wear it, man. I mean, and, and, it's, and again, it sucks that it is our favorite team. But, you know, look around the league, bro. It's like David Tepper, you I mean, from the time you've gotten here, it's been bad decision after bad decision. And when it comes out that David Tepper, you were kind of the foot. I mean, because you can you can start at the, you know, at the at the top of the hill when you when he was kind of the one that wanted Cam to be be released. You start with ju- just the release of Cam Newton and everything downhill has been. I mean, I, I mean, I, we, we can agree to disagree there. But I'm going mean, to. I'm going to say the campaign I'll push back on because of what happened after. Like, I don't think David Tepper wanted to let Cam Newton go. I think Matt Rule wanted Cam Newton off the team because, and that's my point. When Matt Rule was here for two and a half years, we didn't hear this owner meddling stuff. But Matt Rule had complete control of the organization. To be fair, David Tepper went to go get Matt Rule. I mean, so I, I mean, so I, that I, 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 that's still kind of egg on David Tepper's face. I mean, because again, there were a lot of other, you know, willing and better candidates at that time. And you, he made it a point to David. I mean, that Matt Rule was his guy that he thought he wanted to, I mean, where he paid him like he was going to be the next guy for the next seven to 10 years. You know, yeah. I mean, this, that was David Tepper. So yeah. I, it, I, I don't think that David Tepper is free from, you know, for, I think uh, fans have a very, uh, a right to be upset with David Tepper and blame oh, him. Yeah, for a lot of people, yeah. You know? And, and <laughs> the narrative is David Tepper. Uh, I'm just saying don't cast him as something he may not be. Like we, I don't know if he is this, God, that's got his finger in every single thing there is with the Carolina Panthers because we just watched him with two and a half years for Matt Rule basically be hands off. And then it's like he's done it different every time. Matt Rule, he brings in a college coach, no real head coaching experience in the NFL, gives him a boatload of money and complete control over the entire operation all the way down to the social media marketing. You let him go after two and a half years, so you're almost infinitely patient with him. It's not getting better. You bring in the complete opposite, Frank Wright, who's a totally different person and coach than, than Matt rule was. You don't give him complete control. You surround him with a bunch of coaches. He doesn't know on purpose. So you can create this think tank or whatever, and think that you can go out there and spit out 12 wins because you got all these minds on the staff. You sell it to the public. We love it. Yay. Doesn't work. You don't even get through the season before you fire him. And now they go and hire an offensive coordinator. That's 42 years old. That has some experience and is connected to the, the the actual team in terms of Dan Morgan. So you have that connection between the GM and the coach now that you've never had since you've owned this team in any iteration of coach and general manager. Like it's always been one gets fired, one remains. This is the first cycle since 2002 where the Panthers have hired a general manager and a head coach in the same offseason. So for me, I'm like, let's step back and see what he does. Now, if he's still out there going, hey, why don't you run a seven round on this play, you know, in week five or whatever, then I'll see about, yeah, he's a medicine owner. But I just we haven't heard enough. We don't we don't hear from him. <laughs> we he never talks to us, so we don't we don't even know. But, but it, it, the, know. The, the the narrative is already out there, though. Desmond. The narrative like, is out there. It's yeah. like if you're if you're in third grade and some little kid uh, that you got into a fight with uh, on the on the schoolyard made up a, a rumor that you peed in the bed, <laughs> and now even if it's true or not, all the kids think that you're the kid that peed in the bed. Yep. So it, it's like. On, on hey, Pat hey man, if, if, if you in third grade, if you walk around smelling like pee, bro, and, and the rumors out saying you, you pee the bed, bro, probably pee the bed. Yeah, probably you probably did it. Uh, Panda says Tepper gave us concerts, bro. We shouldn't say anything bad about yeah, Beyonce. Like we should all be. He didn't get no Taylor Beyonce. Swift though. He didn't get that Taylor Swift action in Charlotte, did he? Oh, like I don't, I don't know why she went everywhere else, but she didn't come to Charlotte. So maybe yeah, it was who was that? <laughs> Hey, we're um, not going to say we got Beyonce, but then we didn't get Taylor. We're not. I think that was. I think that was when I went to Spartanburg when Beyonce was here. I think I remember that. Yeah, it was when I went to Spartanburg yeah. for training camp the night that the, the rain or whatever came through, and I didn't get a chance to watch anything. And hey, I'm going to Monster Subs the next day. I will say uh, this though, I, as someone who lives in Charlotte, I am happy that Tepper is bringing uh, 
training camp back to Charlotte. That way I got to go all the way to Spartanburg. So. I've seen a lot of people That's happy that you don't have to go to Spartanburg yeah. anymore, that it's going to be in Charlotte. So some changes. I'm not, gonna lie. I'm not a fan, bro. I actually yeah. love the, the trip to Spartanburg. I'm not going to lie. See, I, I didn't get a chance. I never even got to the campus. I never even got to Wofford because of that that storm that morning. I just ended up driving down 77 to, to Monster Subs. I ate lunch and I came back up the highway, went home. So the whole thing. I was in like a two-star hotel. Like I thought I was going to get killed. Like it was crazy. That's <laughs> 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 not a Spartanburg that you don't want to be on. I didn't know that from uh, booking the trip on Google. I was like, oh, $60. And I, <laughs> I put it in oh, got to the place. I'm like, oh, no. Is, is oh. Definitely <laughs> no, no. It was bad. It was really bad. So I learned my lesson. Um, later on in the week, offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, Dave Canales, hired to become the Panthers head coach. Was this the right move? wants to tackle that yeah i mean i guess i'll jump on this first right. uh so look, record is underneath you here while you go yeah i mean listen i think the biggest selling point and the reason why fans should be excited about dave is what he's been able to do with the quarterbacks that he's worked with not only did he have a great record for a long time in seattle under pete carroll uh with russell wilson but then he was able to get geno smith to be a 4,000-yard passer as their play, as their uh, passing coordinator. Then in his first year as an offensive coordinator, he comes to the NFC South and makes Baker Mayfield, someone that we're all too familiar with, a 4,000-yard passer, you know, over 30 touchdowns. I mean, he had better statistical numbers than Tom Brady did the year before, man. And listen, I mean, we've had so many debates about Bryce and Stroud and what quarterback fit what system. I think Dave Canales is the type of guy that's going to look at the things that Bryce does well and will put him in an offense designed to have him thrive instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So I'm happy about it, uh, especially considering how bad Bryce kind of looked in the rookie season. I think that this is perfect to be able to give him that much-needed boost that he has a play caller that's now looking out for him and hopefully going to get him some more help in terms of skimming people open. So I'm happy about it. Great connects. He's been with winning organizations before. And uh, dude, that jawline, though, come on. <laughs> so, we got about like 20 seconds into it for somebody mentioned his looks. I noticed I was going around Twitter, but they're like, hey, that's a nice looking man. I'm like, hey, wow, man, I'm, I'm, I'm as straight as they come. That's a handsome man, dude. 42 years old. Say, come on now. Uh, he's, he's, uh, uh, I think the only Hispanic American head coach in the NFL, and he's the Carolina yeah. Panthers' second Hispanic yeah. uh, American head coach behind beloved Ron Rivera. Um, Monty, what's up, man? I know you kind of went through the the gamut of emotions uh, today on Twitter with this. Hey, man. I saw hey, you hey, here, hey. then here, then kind of back to the mean. And in the span of like an hour, he changed his mind. Like it, 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 really get it. Hey, hey man, it, it, it hit me quick, brother, because it was like I was <laughs> I, see what this is what had happened. You know, I mean, I was actually out getting breakfast. And, and when I, as I'm enjoying my breakfast, I get a notification that we, we hire a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, we, we hire a, a new head coach. And I'm like, okay. So when I first got the news, I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about uh, Canales. As I finish my breakfast, as I digest, I go through the first emotion of anger. You know, <laughs> and then I go from, you know, and then I go from anger to to a small form of depression, and, 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 and then and then from depression I also go to, uh, you know, I, I go to a small piece of joy. So, um, so, so, and acceptance, you know, you know, I go to your right. Yeah. I, I skip the step. I skip acceptance, and then then I, I've graduated to now small piece of joy. So, um, you know, seriously, seriously, man, I'm, I think it's uh, as I as I, ex I process it, I think it's a great hire. Uh, I do think it is is going to be beneficial for Bryce. And like Cody said, I think that's kind of the you know the biggest takeaway from it. You have to you have to ultimately come away with a guy that's going to get the most out of the quarterback that you just went up to go get, especially spending the price that you went to go get for him. So, I absolutely agree with Cody there. Um, hey, Cody, next year I'm going to have fun picking tweets from you all next year, brother. So, I mean, I'm just yeah, going to you know, scrub the vice tweets. I'm just going to preface this statement now. I mean, but no, I think it's going to be a, uh, for I think starting moving forward, you have to go get a weapon or you got to go have to go get a couple of weapons ASAP, you know, I, and I because I feel like everybody's been saying like he's going to be a good hire. The upside on Canales is, is, is there, but he is about a year out. And I feel like to, to kind of bridge that gap, go get some weapons to, you know, to kind of go help 
because again, we, if you're wrong, if if you got a good good enough receiver, you can be a a bad quarterback, and you know, and they can make you look better. And I'm not saying Bryce is a bad quarterback, but let's bridge that gap, you know, with the with the first year quarterback and a second year, uh, I mean, first year head coach, second year quarterback. But yeah, man, I'm 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 getting there. I'm excited. I'm definitely. And I would just like to say that I would much rather be quote tweeted to death on Twitter all year if it means that the Panthers can have a good team. So. It's so. a, it's a it's a happy trade off for me, Marty. You're welcome. Hey, hey, man. You're welcome for the content. Hey, 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 brother. I'm glad that you have taken the high road on this though, because I mean, because I was gonna do it either way. But you know, I love oh, I, I love know. you so much. Hey, I already knew you were going to. It ain't no hey. thing, bro. Hey, I want some W's, bro. I promise you. So I, I same thing as I did for Dan Morgan. Uh, I went and looked up Dave Canales' career. Um, he actually got into the pros. He was at USC with Pete Carroll in 2009. He was an assistant strength coach, and he followed him yeah. to Seattle. So from there, uh, 2010 to 2017, he was the wide receiver coach in Seattle. Uh, same timeline as Dan Morgan when he was there. So that's how they know each other. Quarterback coach for the Seahawks 2018-2019 when Russell Wilson was an MVP consideration. Passing game coordinator for the Seahawks 2020 to 2021. Quarterback coach, Seattle Seahawks 2022. I want to say was that uh that was Geno Smith's big breakout year when he got the bag at the end of it. This dude yeah. was his quarterback coach, offensive coordinator for the Bucks 2023 and 2024. We saw what he did with Baker Mayfield this year, and now of course the head coach of the Carolina Panthers for 2024 uh, onward. Um, I, I'm looking through the, the comments here. Uh, Panda says Einstein once said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Desmond, I thought I was pretty clear. Uh, He's not doing the same thing. That's the whole point. Like literally every time that uh, David Tepper has hired a new coach, he's done it in a different manner than the time before. And the time before, like all three times he's hired a head coach, not interims, head coaches. He's done them a different way. College coach, long leash, give them all the money, all control. I kind of say this. I <laughs> I made a joke with my buddy earlier. It's kind of feel like he he kind of fell in in the middle of both hires from Matt Rule to Frank Wright. Mm-hmm. First hire was a a first year coach, you know, that had really no experience in the NFL. Yep. Then you had your second second coach that had you know years and tons of experience. Maybe too many years. Yeah. Too, yeah. Too many. Too much <laughs> he went, experience. He went all the way to the main. <laughs> <league. laughs> all the third. Exactly. And now your third coach is, is a first year coach, but just had years of experience in the league. And and you know, I feel like so so he's he is learning. You know, I I will give yeah, him he's, he's learning. He's definitely learning now, but but is is you can't. It's hard to give him grace when he's kind of put us in this hole as well. And and I feel like that's that's kind of where a lot of fans feel. It's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, you, you're doing good of digging this out hole that you put us in. But he's he's doing a decent job of trying to. Yeah, and that part I will not excuse because what they have done to this roster over the past couple of years, in terms of, it's crazy too. Because you remember when you, back in the day you'd have the arguments about can Christian McCaffrey run in between the tackles or yeah. is DJ Moore number one wide receiver or right. uh, you know just just really dumb arguments. Now looking back on it, with them all gone, and we're just like, it's like the Will Smith meme from Fresh Prince, where at the end of the the, seat, the show when you stand in the living room, there's nothing there they took all our players. <laughs> they took all of our players. Like I feel so bad rooting for the 49ers this weekend, but I feel like I'm obligated to because Christian McCaffrey's there. Steve Wilkes is the defensive coordinator. And I feel like they're kind of us. And I felt like that a little bit about Buffalo too, last week where it's like, we call them Panthers North. We have for years. They've got so many people from the Panthers organization in the front yeah. office, on the field, in the coaching staff. They literally took our 2015 Carolina Panther team and moved it up North. Like, if you look at the Buffalo roster, it's pretty much the 2015 Panthers. Yeah. The Ravens right now are kind of the same, too. They're kind of built in that same mold. So I just look back and I'm just like, man, we don't even know how good we had it. You know what I mean? Like, we really were on the verge of something, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just Cam's shoulder getting blown out, but something changed the trajectory of this franchise. And the problem now is that we're watching a first-time sports owner and David Tepper learn this stuff in real time. Like, we're watching him learn – and make mistakes in front of us, and it's getting amplified because us as a fan base, we're not used to winning. We like to win. We want to win, but we don't win very often, and we get very frustrated when we don't win for long periods of time. And now it's been six years, seven years since we've been to the playoffs? I don't necessarily agree we're not used to winning. I think, to be honest, I think we're giving Dave Tepper a little more grace than what he's earned, man. I mean, because to be honest, I think we've never been a consistently great team. We've never right. been a consistently winning team, so that's fair. 
But we've been to two separate Super Bowls in two separate decades under two different coaching staffs. So, so and, and the last coaching staff had a co- two-time coach of the year, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, that was to the Super Bowl. So I, I, I don't agree with we're not used to winning. I think that now, to your point, Cam Newton kind of carried a lot. Because, you know, for the whole Ron Rivera, Cam Newton era, you can say Cam Newton was the big reason for why we were relevant in the, you know, in, in the NFL. I, oh, and yeah. I think that's nobody yeah. can deny that you take Cam Newton off this team and we're not the same Carolina Panthers, you know? So I, I think Cam Newton d- deserves a lot of that credit, but I think we've been a, a consistently, a consistently mediocre team, you know, for the well, that's 20 years. <laughs> but, hey, but I mean, but to be fair, the six years David Tepper's been here, we've been a consistently below average team. And that is, it true. is the difference. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we are we are we yeah. are two Super Bowls away from having the same number of Super Bowls as the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I mean? So it's like if a few more things flow our direction, I think that's, we're looking at completely different. Well, well, and I, but also, I think when you compare us to some of the other teams that have kind of been stuck in the doldrums, like look, the Detroit Lions who are doing so good right now, mm. they've never they've never been in a Super Bowl before. Nope. So it's like there's a you know, we're not the worst team in the NFL, but we're looking for that consistency because we've never had those highs connected to one another. It's a high, high, then a low, then a high. It's that zigzag effect that, that we're all tired of it and hoping that Dave Canales can kind of help us move on from. Two two things I noticed when Canales got uh, uh, the job earlier this morning, uh, just kind of following Twitter and just kind of seeing what players and people around the league were saying. Uh, a lot of love, admiration from uh, coaches and people in the uh, in the league that know him. Uh, yeah. He's a very former personable person. Yeah, for, former Panther players, very personable, uh, very good offensively. Um, I saw a, a clip where he was saying at the podium, you know, he never goes into any game going, I'm going to pound the rock or we're going to air it out today or anything like that. He's very adaptable. Um, he's very, very good in terms of helping quarterbacks get the ball out quick. Um, very good you know, screens, things like that. Uh, Pete Carroll speaks glowingly of this dude. Like I saw all that, and then I, I saw some clips of him at the podium. One of the first clips I ran across was him giving praise to Ezero Ivaro from when we played them and how Ivaro's defense stopped his offense. And he was like, well, for starters, we need to start off with EJ's defense and what they did and blah, 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 which is why I'm kind of hoping – and I think it was the next question here. Uh, should the Panthers retain defensive coordinator Ejiro Ibero and special teams coach Chris Tabor? Um, they're both under contract. Uh, Ibero uh, had some uh, head coaching interviews, I believe. Uh, Falcons. Falcons. Oh, the Falcons hired uh, Raheem Morris okay, earlier right. today. Um, it feels like. They're they're going to try to keep uh, Ijiro Ivaro as defensive coordinator. Tabor's the special teams coach. You got uh, Canales as head coach, and I think he said he's going to continue to call plays, which I'm fine with. Uh, he can bring up uh, – there's a guy in Tampa, I think his wide receivers coach or something that came with him from Seattle that he'd probably bring with him to be the passing coordinator or the offense coordinator or whatever, but they'd work tandem, hand in hand. But he'd probably call plays during the, during the game like Sean McVay or Andy Reid or any of these other, you know, Offensive-minded quarterback or offensive-minded coaches. He's 42. So if you remember what Tepper said, he wanted somebody that he could have for 20-plus years or whatever. He fits that mold. And I'm seeing in the the comments that people are commenting on the fact that it's not like a splash hire or something like that. We don't need a splash hire. We just tried that last year. Like, that's the wrong way to go. Like, that blew up in our face. I'd rather have the guy where half the people don't know who he is. And two years from now, everybody's like, dang. Why didn't we go after Dave Canales when we had a chance? Like everyone does with Dan Campbell or like everybody does with Sean McVay or whoever the next hot shot coach is. We never knew they were going to be that guy until after they got into the position and started winning games, right? So, I mean, Canales seems like he fits the mold of those next guys coming up. I love the fact that he's young. He's younger than me. He's 42. So I love the fact that he's younger than me and people rave about his offensive principles. So it seems like it's a good uh, a good match um, for Bryce because that was my main concern. Whoever comes in here, priority number one is what are you doing with Bryce Young? Because we mortgaged the future on Bryce Young, so this has to work. Like, what are you going to do with him? And he's worked with smaller quarterbacks: Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith. They're all six foot or shorter. So, like, 
he 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 can he can scheme this. Like I know Ben Johnson was the the favorite in the clubhouse, but uh, the, the head coach don't necessarily have to be from Carolina. He just needs to understand what Carolina is. Like he just needs to understand keep pounding, like what it means and all that stuff, and adapt to it, roll with it, like Rivera did. And the fan base will fall in love with you. Um, we may not be used to winning, like Monty was saying. We're we kind of uh, would you say we're used to mediocrity or something to that effect? Even We've been consistently mediocre. Consistently you know? mediocre. Even the two Super Bowl trips we went on, nobody was expecting us to go to the Super Bowl even one of those years. Like, it kind of came out of nowhere. So it's not like they were expected to win. Like, we just went and exploded and went to the Super Bowl. Um, do you want Ejiro Ivaro and Chris Tabor to remain in their positions here, or would you like to bring in someone else? Although at this point of the party – the, the pool's getting kind of thin, fellas. Like, is Ivaro probably the best choice at DC? I, yeah. I'll go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely think so, man. Uh, I think before actually the season started, I actually said Chris Tabor is probably the one of the best, if not the best, best teams coaches in the league. Agreed. So it's, it's you know it's, it's hard to replace the best or a top five special teams coach. You know, and, and I feel like. The, keep him you know if he, if he wants to be here you know if he's willing to be here and you know and remain another piece to the puzzle then by all means keep him uh and same same thing here i feel like with uh you know zero you know i feel like he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the nfl and keep you know you got to keep your strength strong and, and definitely i you know i'm a, I'm a key piece I'm, or I'm a you know a key or loud person with keeping you know some of your key pieces there and i feel like he's made some of our guys better you know, and then that's with limited pieces, you know, because Shaq was hurt, you know, so then you have Lou come over and play a position that he never played, and he's played great at, you know, at the middle linebacker position. Yep. You know, Dante Jackson has had a good, a solid season for, you know, coming off an injury, and, you know, a lot of people have changed their tune on Dante Jackson, and I credit that to Avero. Uh, same with C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson has had a, a lot better season than what he's had in previous years, and I credit that to Averro. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think you got to keep Averro, man. Uh, especially if, you know, if you don't cre- keep Tabor, you got to keep Averro. I think you should keep both, but Averro is probably definitely a key piece. Cody? Yeah, I mean, listen, we've also seen in interviews, Canales has been very glowing of Averro Averro uh, before. Uh, it was before we played them uh, this year. And he had a lot of great things to say about Avero. And I don't know why you wouldn't want that. I mean, considering that Avero and this defense uh, basically kept Tampa Bay to nine points, yeah, you know, uh, the entire last time that we played them, I think that speaks well for Avero. Uh, I like what he was able to do with the defense. I'm hoping that we're able to add some more players via draft and free agency that can kind of help this defense out some. I would love to go get a Yair Alexander. Uh, who is from the, the Carolina area, uh, pair him with J.C. Horn, get another linebacker, maybe manage to get another pass rusher, and I think Averro could really make this uh, make this defense roar, which is something that we've been wanting to see. And yeah, Tabor, especially him, the way he handled himself at the end of the season, taking on that interim tag, getting a victory, you know, one of our only uh, two victories of the year. I would love to have both of them. And that way you're not having to hire an entirely new coaching staff and have all that turnover yet again in over the course of a, of one offseason. I want, I want to bring up something for both of you guys and everybody that's in here tonight. And shout out to everybody that's come in to uh, comment and to watch and to listen to the show tonight uh, as we're sitting here live on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Um, with Dan Morgan, again, I was all for Dan for many of the same reasons why I was for Frank Wright. And for a while, I was for Steve Wilkes. I've been a Carolina Panther fan since its inception, uh, since 95, and have never wavered. And the one thing I was starting to get worried about with all of this, I'm not even really that worried about Tepper. I was more worried about the culture disappearing, like that we would become uh, the whole keep pounding thing and all that stuff would go away, like that, that it wasn't deemed important. That's the part with Tepper that I'm worried about, that he didn't understand those type of things and that they would eventually fade away. We wouldn't recognize our own franchise with Dan Morgan. When you say keep pounding. And I said this on believe in Panthers uh, earlier this week. When, when a player says keep pounding, it, it doesn't hit unless they are a Carolina Panther, former past present or whatever. It, it doesn't sound the same. Like it, it's almost like it didn't belong to you. It belongs to us. Dan Morgan was in the room when Sam Mills gave the original speech 
about keep pounding in 03 yeah. before they played the Cowboys in the playoffs. He is ingrained in this fabric as much as anybody I can possibly think of. And for the fact for him to have gone out, got the experience he needs at Buffalo and in Seattle, who have both had success directly and indirectly for the position he held at both those franchises, for him to come back here, wait two years as assistant GM, it's almost like it's almost like he's the failsafe. And I said that before when they made the coaching staff in the offseason. I was looking at it, and I'm like, it's almost like they picked play, they picked coaches where if it didn't work out, they would have fail-safes already on the staff that they could use as potential candidates because Thomas Brown was already interviewing for head coaching jobs last year. So was uh, Ejiro Ivaro. Uh, Chris Tabor, they brought in separate from these coaching regimes. He was kind of a separate he, – he, he got held on from rule into Frank Wright, which rarely happens. So, I mean – the coaching staffs kind of seem like having the Don Capers and having the the Jim Caldwell lurking in the building, like just wandering around. Like it felt like if they had to fire Reich, it'd be okay because we got this here, we got this here, we got this here. We can still kind of cobble this together. And now you've got a situation where your head coach is going to be 42. If they keep Evero, how old is Evero? He's in his 40s too, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. I mean, look, he's got to be like, he looks like he's 25, but uh, <laughs> he's got to be in his early 40s. And then uh, whoever they bring in as the OC from Tampa that was with Canales, he's in his 40s. Uh, now, Tabor is not, but Tabor's one of the best special team coaches in the league. So, like, you've kind of – you made 43 years old. There already. He's 42. So yeah, 43, yeah. 43. So, he kind of had it in place. I have to give credit to David Tepper for that, that they had enough wherewithal to, to load the coaching staff last year with potential candidates in case it blew up in their face. They're all young. They're all up-and-comers. Uh, Thomas Brown was interviewing for the OC job with Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Right now, he's still under contract with us. I assume that's about to end, <laughs> but uh, he's still under contract with us. Ejiro, same thing. You have him on staff already. So, like, if he doesn't get a head coaching job someplace, it, I mean, he's the DC, right? There's not, there's no no renegotiation. He's already under contract to be the defense yeah. coordinator for the Panthers. So, I would imagine if he doesn't get, there's only two left: Commanders and. Who am I forgetting? Who's left that's head coach and opening right now? The Commanders, uh, commanders and, and the... I can't remember who it is. Somebody help us <laughs> in the comment section. Help us, please. There's two openings left in the NFL. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. 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 And I think that's where uh, they're, they're thinking that might happen. I've seen the, they're saying the Rams might try to pull Zero back to L.A. now that Raheem Morris got the job in Atlanta and he's leaving that D.C. DC position. That's where Evero came from or somewhere along the way or whatever uh, after he went to or before he went to Denver. So all those things are there. I say all this to say I don't think the culture is going to be gone. The Dan Morgan hire alone is a bridge from our past, our past success that Monty's talking about the Super Bowls and everything to now to going into the future. Dan Morgan's the only GM that they interviewed that can walk into a Panthers locker room and command the respect of every player and coach in there because they all know he's done it. He's been in this locker room in this uniform and he's done it. He knows what he's talking about. He knows he can scout talent. It, Dan Morgan seems like a knockout hire to me. Now he's got to go out there and prove it, but it, I feel way better about that than when they hired Scott Fitter. Um, and then Canales, I, again, I'm talking myself into it more. I wanted kind of somebody like this where it's like, I want the expectations low because when Wright came in with the all-star coaching staff or whatever, we were picking division winner, uh, playoffs, Bryce rookie of the year. Like we, Scott was the limit. We were like, Oh, our division's trash. We're going to kill everybody. It's going to be great. And it blew up in our face. And that's why it hurt so much. I don't think any of us are going to pick us to win the division next year um, or go to the playoffs or, you know what I mean? Like expectations are going to be so low that no matter what they do, it's going to be better than what we just went through last year. And that's a benefit. Like that'll get the crowd back into, you know, the good graces of, or that'll get the, the team back in the good graces of the crowd, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Bonus question. Let's stay in the NFC South for a minute. Atlanta uh, <clears throat> interviewed twice. The hood at one, Billy, Billy, Bill Belichick. Will would Bill Belichick take a coordinator job in 2024? Because the way it sounds, uh, Ben Johnson is going to get the commander's job. Like they're just waiting for the for Detroit to get knocked out, and then Seattle. I don't think that they have even interviewed Bill Belichick. I think he's only interviewed with Atlanta. So, 
are you more surprised that more teams didn't go after Belichick now that he's out there? Or are you not surprised at all? Um, I mean, I think that he probably was in the running for that Atlanta job. He had two interviews with Atlanta, and for a while it seemed like that where that's where he was gonna go. But um, no, I don't ever see Bill Belichick settling to be just a coordinator somewhere. If anything, I think he would take a year off, kind of see how this next year plays out. And I yeah. know he's getting older, but again, he doesn't have to prove uh, nothing to anyone. So I'm um, I'm not thinking about head coach this year for uh, for Belichick, but um, I, I think it'll probably be next year. But I just don't see him ever wanting to give up that head coaching, uh, like giving up the you know the the reins to someone else. Like that just doesn't. And that doesn't seem right. So I was yeah. like, I, I kind of agree. I don't think that he would. I think he would more take a year off and, you know, and then, and again, you know, taking a year off, revamping, you know, coming back and then, you know, you know, having a, a completely different game plan could also be beneficial for him as well. I he, just, took a, he took a year off. He'll be 73 when he comes back. Yeah, but how old is Pete Carroll? How or how old is Pete Actually, Carroll before no, he retired? I think Pete Carroll's older than him. I think Pete Carroll's yeah, that's what I, I thought was, now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Pete Carroll, I thought was older than him. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's doable, man. I mean, Andy Reid is is getting up there as well, you know. So it's like this: older coaches, you know, can survive. And you know, I feel like he has the respect where any team will accept him. I mean, not maybe not any team, but you know, a lot of teams would, would accept him, especially taking a year off. Um, I just don't see – I think he would probably go into more of a upper management position before he ever went to a coordinator position. See, the problem here is that Bill Belichick is 13 victories away from breaking the all-time record from Don Shula. So, like, yeah, you know, like he uh, – it, it should have been Dallas, to be honest. Dallas should have scooped him up because, like, out of all – there's two teams I can think of that all if they could just fill Jackson this thing up and just drop him in there and go and win the title that year – It'd be Dallas. Yeah, but there's no way Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick could coexist with each other. I, just, I mean, he I had just, he had Belichick's mentor and uh, uh, Bill Parcells, and that kind of worked for a little bit until Parcells. I think, yeah, but that's younger <laughs> Bill Belichick versus now. You have uh, what is a six time championship winning Bill Belichick with Jerry. I just I can I can yeah. never see that coexist. The the other one was Buffalo. And that was when I was keeping in my back pocket. Like, say Buffalo flames out in the playoffs or whatever. It was around about the halfway point of the year when Buffalo, they needed to basically win out, and they did. So McDermott's pretty much safe. But I was like, what if they fire McDermott and drop Bill Belichick into Buffalo? Would they be the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year? And I'm like, I, yeah, I think they would. <laughs> I think they would because you said Andy Reid before. Hell, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm coaching Tom 80. I got Pat Mahomes. Like, I can coach till I'm 80 years old with Pat yeah, Mahomes. I can't with Mac Jones. <laughs> I can't. Well, do I think that's why a lot of people thought he was going to go to Los Angeles because they had Justin Herbert. Like mm. they were, they were locked and ready to go. They and never he's moving, yeah, and he's moving on from the Patriots that had the number three overall pick. So between Jaden Daniels or Drake May and Caleb Williams, you're going to get one of three really good quarterbacks. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. That's also what kind of has me thinking that. Like he he doesn't have to just jump on whatever is the next thing available. I think he'll still be waiting to pick and choose uh, his job. I've heard he's actually really funny uh, in person. Like he, you know him at the podium. Yeah, we're on to Seattle, blah blah blah, like that kind of thing. He's in real life. He's actually pretty funny, a really personable kind of guy. He's one of those guys you got to kind of get to know him type of thing. I don't know how yeah. he'd be on TV. Um, I kind of put them in the same boat as Cam Newton. They'd be entertaining to watch on TV, but like in a structured studio Sunday countdown type setting, I don't know. Although I will say it would be fun to see Bill Belichick and Matt and uh and uh, uh Rex Ryan on Mondays on Get Up. Like that would be fun. Like if if they could coordinate that and have Belichick in there on Mondays and Rex Ryan across the table from him <laughs> and just let them go back and forth. I, I'm here every day for that. So I mean. I don't know. I just thought it was crazy that the dude's 13 wins away from the all-time, you know, win record and no one's really sniffed at him. I saw people were getting at us that we didn't even interview him. And it's like, you're the worst team in the league and you didn't even bother to, to interview Bill Belichick. And I'm like, no, that'd be like, I don't know how y'all feel, but Bill Belichick is the devil to me. <laughs> like he, the New England Patriots are like, I have them. I'm a Carolina fan. I have them in the same boat as Duke, the Boston Celtics, like the, all the teams I grew up hating. 
the Patriots are right there. So Bill Belichick became the head coach of my favorite football team. I, I, it'd be like, uh, <laughs> feel like if Carolina interviewed John Shire and made him the head coach of the Carolina basketball team, you know what I mean? Like it'd be like, or Bobby Hurley, like what, like, what do we know? That would have, there would have been a yeah. riot. There would have been a riot, yeah. and I would have been leading it, and we'd have been down on Mint Street, and uh, Bill Belichick would have had to resign because <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I think a lot of fans would have accepted Bill Belichick, bro. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think a lot of fans man, would. That would have hurt. I think heart. that that time for the hate for Boston has kind of subsided because Boston has kind of been bad now. I think Never. a lot of fans would have would have accepted it, bro. Now I hear Never. you though because I, I probably <laughs> I, I'm there with you, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people would have accepted it, bro. Dude, no, how about this? As long as he wasn't the GM, I'd have had no problem with it. Like the man has the you know the most Super Bowl uh trophies in history. Like, no, we could do a lot worse. I just don't want him making the draft selections because I feel Ooh. like uh, that's that's what he was not good at. No, he really uh, wouldn't. He was uh, they haven't been good player. drafting in years. Let me throw oh. this, let me throw this fish in the room before we quit for tonight. Uh does he have all those Super Bowl rings without Brady? Is, was it Brady or was it Belichick? I, oh, I man, man, I think it's a combination of both, bro. Because yeah. you can't you can't say that Brady didn't benefit from having some of those elite defenses that he built, bro. Oh, you know, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, you, you yeah. got to think about and it. Rob Gronkowski and, and Julian right. Hazelman. Because like, I mean, at one point they did draft really well. I mean, that was the reason why they they were never they never drafted wide receivers because I were high end wide receivers or signed high end wide receivers. They were always free agents that came bro, in. Exactly. Yeah. They would yeah. either always pick them up off the street or they would just draft like fourth round receivers and then Tom Brady would turn them into a stud. So I feel like it's kind of a combination of both. Early Tom Brady definitely benefited from having some of those defenses that uh, that Belichick built. Mm-hmm. Later on down the road, you can kind of say he Belichick benefited from Tom Brady. But again, it's a give or take thing. You know, you you sign Canales to hope that Canales can develop Tom Bryce so he can carry carry Canales to a couple Super Bowls. That's really ultimately what you what you hope for. You know, you hope for your coach can develop that guy to carry you for the rest of your career. I mean, that's how I look at it. I, I didn't I didn't mean for it to happen, but it is almost rivalry week here in the Carolinas. Uh, King Jermaine, uh, the first shepherd on here, says, watch your mouth, Dads, LOL, hashtag, here comes Duke. Hey, buddy, look, Carolina fans are outside this year. Hey, I don't think y'all know understand it. what's we coming. We were ready hey, to see all this hey, year. Like, hey, bro, we, hey, we hey, hope I, y'all I, come I didn't want to say nothing because I was trying to keep it civilized. <laughs> hey, bro, y'all better watch our mouths in them comments, look, dog. It's big. You y'all don't know. Here, if, bro. if they have not watched the Carolina Tar Heel game in the past, like, month and a half, we outside, bro. We we are outside. We're smoking like, we this are year. Yeah, we we actually smoking this year, dog. Mm, is it they are this is the I told uh one of my friends, uh this is the Dean Smith roster that Hubert went out and put together in, in the portal. Like he had right. four kids coming back and the rest of it he cobbled together in the portal, but it's like he had a list like from Dean Smith himself that was like one through ten. This is how I build a team. The one spot he's gotta do this, the two spots gotta do this, the three's gotta do that. And he literally went in and filled in the gap one through ten of this roster. I don't care if it's Duke. I don't care if it's Purdue. I don't care if it's Kansas. Any of them. I'll see any of them. Like, I'm I'm at the point now where it's like the past five years mentally scarred a lot of Carolina fans. Yeah. Where we went into games hoping to win as opposed to what we usually are, which is we're going to probably win this game. This is the first year since 2019 where I've been like, we're going to win this game at the beginning of each one. Like, we're going to yeah. win this game. And we're going to pull away in the second half. And that's literally what they've done. So, uh, we coming to – are we coming to – are we going to Cameron? First, or going to Chapel Hill? It's next Saturday. I, I think it's at the. I think it's at Duke first, and then I think it's, it's at Duke too. So, yo, Jermaine, we'll pull. We're gonna pull up to Cameron. We pulling up that Saturday in between the, uh, the where there's no football or whatever next week. We coming Carolina Duke six o'clock ESPN next Saturday. We gonna be there and come on back through next time we do an embrace debate. We'll talk about it because by the time we come back on, we don't. We would have already seen each other and everything else and. I mean, this embrace debate, so y'all gonna lose, bro. <laughs> you just gotta go south. You just gotta go the other direction. Just yeah, just y'all gonna lose big time, bro. I'm telling you now. That's spoken as a person who has no dog in this fight whatsoever. Uh, that's right. Hey, you know, Cody, Cody enjoys being on the wrong side of history, so it's okay. <laughs> it's totally okay, bro. I, if, if Cody says we're gonna lose, I'm actually putting my money. All on right, the media, brother. All right, now y'all better hope y'all win because now there's video evidence. Look, hey, every everybody that's in, like this turned to a UNC Duke thing in the comments section all of a sudden. Uh, do me a favor, 
Go Google Believe in Heels Hoops. It's myself and R.L. Bynum from the Tar Heel Tribune. We just started like four weeks ago. It's a weekly podcast through Believe on men's and women's basketball at Carolina. We've had Tyler Zeller on there. I think Marcus Ginyard's coming on soon. So definitely go and uh, subscribe to that if you're a Tar Heel fan. Uh, and go subscribe to the Devil's Den podcast, my buddies uh, that do the uh, the Blue Devil podcast. Um, just flipping through. It, yeah, it turned into Carolina Duke. So <laughs> RJ right. Davis is the best player in the country. Like, it's I mean, check out. This is what it's, y'all hey, having. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be the first year too in like six years where both teams are ranked. Like, like we haven't been holding up our end of the bargain the past couple of years. Uh, so, and I think we about to catch Duke slipping because I think the Duke fans think they're better than they are. Um, I mean, it's 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 hard to say that we haven't holding holding up our end of the bargain when we was the last team between us to win a championship. So. True, and uh, last I mean, get the, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, mean, it's, it's, and, and I think that our last championship put us back above Duke, right? Uh, Duke only has five right. KS five, and, I, and that but that made but this last one made what six for us, right? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got six. Uh, yeah, this last one. That's count- what I thought. Yeah, we don't count oh, yeah. that first one, the the the, the one that the breadmakers gave out in like 1921 or whatever. It was before the NCAA even existed, but Carolina hangs a banner for it anyway. <laughs> the 1924 uh, championship. Uh, we don't count that one, but the other ones, yeah. Like so, Duke 92, 93, 2001, uh, 20, 27, not, yeah, 17. So that's yeah. what five. Yeah, so that was five. Carolina, uh, 50, 57, 82, 93. 05 and 09. Yeah, 09. Yeah, I was going to say 09. Uh, 2017. So, yeah, we got six. Go Clemson. Go Tigers. That's all I'm saying. Go Tigers. Clemson. Yeah, go Tigers. Yeah, that's right. Good old days. Just just set it for me. Clemson Tigers. Clemson Tigers. That's all we need. So, uh, we'll we'll, actually, we'll come back. They're doing good, right? They're doing good, Clemson. They were. They oh, were a little man. bit. Yeah, they, mind, they got the conference play. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're, starting, they're starting to reflect their football team, brother. They're, they're not. I mean, All they're, right, they're, man. We need to get the hell off of here, dog. We're going to run too long, man. Shout out Debo. Shout out. Um, I'm going to – Oh, I don't think I had another one. I think that was it. So, I think we're good. Um, Follow the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, at Keep Pounding underscore FFSN, and at Tobacco Radio. Subscribe to Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel for more Embrace Debate, as well as other shows from the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter uh, at Fans First underscore SN. I think I got all those out. Um, I, I'm not going to keep saying we're going to be back next week because we don't know. <laughs> we'll be back when we, when we see fit, when we decide to come back in and do another one. So these are almost like special, like, annual type of uh <laughs> episodes when we come on something big has happened if we come on and somebody's been fired hired we don't picked up a player something's going on so uh when we were all doing stuff today i was thinking about it in the back of my head and right when i was thinking about it monty hit the twitter he was like hey we need to do an episode today we gotta go today i'm like yeah you're probably right we probably go ahead and get this together so i'm glad we did put this in um any last words guys before we got here for the night uh, hey, man, C3 Friday free-for-all tomorrow at 7 p.m. right on the C3 channel. If anybody wants to come by, be a part of the conversation, you're more than welcome. Dez, Monty, y'all know y'all can always run through if you want. I'm going to slide and, through. Uh, I'm actually open at 7 tomorrow, so I'm going to slide through for a little bit. Um, yeah, man, come through. We'll be talking about everything. Dave Canales, Dan Morgan, is this the right thing? All that stuff, man, tomorrow at 7. See, and I, I respect King Jermaine, and I think this is the difference between – the Duke Carolina rivalry and the state Carolina rivalry where he's like, nah, we Duke know y'all are the better team this year, but as history shows, that doesn't matter when we meet up. He's a thousand percent correct. That, that game can go completely left for Carolina. <laughs> like, I have no idea, especially in Cameron, like those rims are different, but uh, none of us like NC state. Like, yeah, fact. Yeah, none like, of us like. <laughs> is like the, the literal redhead stepchild. Yeah. Like that, that nobody cares for. We respect Duke. They're like the spotter at the gym for us. Like we can't lift as much unless Duke is there with us and vice versa. We could do without this. Like the a hundred percent could never play. Twelve, come get NC State right now. <laughs> come oh, get bro, them. hundred percent can never play State again. It would never lose sleep about it. Dog. I promise you, <laughs> it, it would never lose sleep about that. Never, game. never. They always talk so much smack that they get beat by like twenty five yeah. by Duke and Carolina. Bro, and hey, bro, it's like that in football too. It's like, bro, y'all, y'all talk trash 
two be trash. Like, I don't get it. I never understand. They're the worst trash talkers, I swear. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw some uh, friendly fire at NC State right at the very end. Well, I kind of did, but it, it's okay. Y'all will get over it. Um, <laughs> we out for today. Uh, we will be back soon because we'll have some more to talk about in terms of, like, the draft and uh, them filling out the staff. And Lord knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks with the Panthers. So, we'll definitely – uh have that too oh real quick before we get out of here um who are you picking nfc afc championship games this weekend real quick who's going oh, to super bowl? baltimore and detroit absolutely Ooh, we got a hood super bowl going on that's a yo that's a man that's a no nah, i think uh baltimore versus eight mile that's <laughs> <laughs> off the chain uh, no, I'm starting to believe in the conspiracy of the Super Bowl, though. though. Oh, the colors? So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be Ravens and the 49ers. Ravens, for, yeah. I mean, I don't think Lamar's going to be denied, man. Uh, I like, don't either. I, well, I ultimately think Baltimore's going to win the, win the whole thing, man. I, I Knock on wood, because Lord knows I'll say that now, and then in Patrick Mahomes. Can't say you win the whole yeah, we, thing. You know what? I just I don't even know why I said that, because I said two years ago I was going to not bet against Pat Mahomes ever again in the postseason, and dude is not Made me look. Y'all bad. know the NFL scriptwriters won it. They want Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. Come on, <laughs> yeah, man. We know they do. Yeah, they probably yeah, do. Taylor, you know what, San Francisco. I might be changing my pick. San Francisco, Kansas City. Because that's it where I'm Yeah, man. that's where I'm at. You know, Christian yeah. McCaffrey with Taylor Swift in the same. It just makes too much sense. You got a half butt naked Jason Kelsey running around screaming. Yeah, you got Brock, Brock yeah. Purdy. You talk about jawline. You got Brock Purdy. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, I can see that, brother. So many storylines. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm on 49ers, uh, Chiefs. Because and I'm gonna be real. I want Steve Wilson McCaffrey to get them one. That's kind of why I'm because I again, y'all know before we had the Panthers, I was a Cowboy fan. So anything 49er related to me is just weird to root for. But I love Christian McCaffrey, man. Like he, it's just so yeah, deserves man. it. And, and Wilkes yeah. too. Wilkes deserves this. Like if they get this oh, yeah. last year, but. You gonna have to beat Pat Mahomes, bro, or or Lamar Jackson, like to do it. And I don't know if they can beat either one <laughs> because it's just uh, Kansas City's broad receivers started catching the football. That's what changed with them. Like, who knew something as simple as catching the football could elevate Kansas City back to? Yeah. We don't want to play them. <laughs> They're also running the ball well too, man. They're but getting Pacheco. Pacheco yeah, going. Pacheco's a dog. Yeah. Man. He runs hard. He's a very I, hard runner. Um, I think if we get any glimpse of what we've been seeing from, Pat, I mean, from Lamar though, I think is Lamar is scary right now, dude. I don't think no no team in the league wants to see Lamar Jackson at his best right now. He man, he he's like um, like if Mike Vick and RG three were merged into like one player. He kind of is like that because I don't want to compare him to Cam because Cam was too big, like compared to Lamar, like in terms of size, like they're not the same type player. They do the same things, but they're not the same type player. He's not as small as Mike Vick and he's not as thin as RG3, but he's kind of built if you put them together and their games are kind of the same. But his running ability, they're calling like straight up runs like like they used to do for Cam here. Like they're, they're calling literally 10, 15 run plays for him a game that are exotic like they're sending people this way and then having them curl out that way with the ball like he's the running back like it's old school like pop warner style type of offense but it's working because lamar is the quarterback and is there anybody having a better nine months than lamar jackson like on earth (laughs) in terms of what's happened to him like he negotiated his own contract got the money Led the Baltimore Ravens to the best seed in the AFC MVP he, he's, yeah. Baltimore's hosting a conference championship game for like the first time ever or something like that. And it's all because yeah. of him. And and they're blowing teams out. Like, they're destroying it's, it's, teams. It's kind of, it's <laughs> like, like last week's game was ugly. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't even remotely close. And they've been like that. They dropped 50 points on Miami this year. Like, I mean, they, they've, they've been there the whole time. They're the most under-the-radar one-seed team I think I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen anybody pick, them, pick at them or, or anything. So – Having said that, Pat Mahomes is coming. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Pat it seems like if it, it just seems like if there was a year where uh, Lamar and the Ravens were going to do it, this is the one. Uh, by the way, I love Zay Flowers. That was my draft crush last year mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Zay is a dog. Um, they got Odell Beckham still over there, man. They got, uh, I forget the tight end that they got. 
Uh, oh yeah, he's good. Um, and they got the number one defense in the league. Like, yeah, man, they're, they're built they're, to do this right now. Yeah, um, they're flying around. They're a good team. Yeah, I, I, I like the matchup. The Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like the title fight feel. Yep. You you heard what uh, they asked Lamar? Uh, how much do you like playing Patrick Mahomes? And he's like, I don't. <laughs> I don't like playing Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, man. I wouldn't either. Like every time no, I play, I lose. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's a great answer. Uh, but no, this ought this ought to be a fun one, man. I'm, I'm excited for him. All right, so we're gonna get out of here. Shout out to everybody that came through uh, over the past hour, cut it up with us, joked with us. Uh, we appreciate the love and support that uh, all of you guys, even the Duke fans, come in and uh, and give us uh, <laughs> when we do these shows, especially uh, the Duke fans, especially the Duke fans. And again. Uh, Dave Canales, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Dan Morgan, the new general manager of the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited for both hires. Uh, I'm trying to temper it instead of last year where I was like fireworks and I was the Avengers and we're going to kill it. And well, I ain't going that far, but this feels like a better situation than what it was. Uh, so we'll we'll give them some time to see what they do next. But uh, for Cody, for Monty, this is Dez. You've been watching the Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by Fans First Sports Network. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.